aja lah. Uh, so today things uh, gonna be a bit different. Just just a wee bit, a wee bit different. Um, 2020 meanza mwaka like Mark said on a very easy note. Ama you guys you guys don't think it, it is easy. Na depend na. Oh, so what are we saying? It, it, it that is what he thinks. No, that's what he said. I mean, I'm, I'm just repeating what he said. Everything is different. Hmm? We will use it many people. That's why I'm using it like this. Since we say everything is different, Leo. Kwa ground everything different. So um. So Mark, Mark really would, would, would really have loved to be here today uh, because the plan for today is that considering what has been discussed, the material for, well, I want to say the material for the last two weeks, but really the material since Masterclass began that has culminated in the last two weeks. Um, the idea is we, we, we need to interrogate this issue of living victoriously. Um, so that we are not, we're not just, I don't want to use the word consume, we're not just receiving information and stuck with how do I move forward from where I am into this space called Victorious. How do I, how do I translate myself from where I am at the moment and begin to make steps and adjustments and variations that will eventually lead me into what is deemed a victorious life. And we do not want to make this, or should I say, we want to reduce the, uh, the setup of someone stands and speaks and it ends there. And we want it to be hopefully more interactive, which is the reason why I said come ready to build each other up. Uh, by that, it means I need this six seats filled. I already have people in my head who, uh, eh? in my head, they cannot stay in my head. Listen, the challenge has been the idea has to become flesh. So it cannot stay in my head. These seats need to be filled. So, oh, he's coming already. Kevin, thank you. <laughs> um, so for now, I will call two people to, to, to join me. And for the rest of you, anyway, let me first call the two people. Uh, Agi, please join me. Inakani kama alikuwa najua. Na wewe Brenda huko unajua? And Brenda? Grab a seat on the opposite side. Tujaze screen. 
there's a screen. So the deal is, uh, now this is the part where I am terrible. Interviewing uh, type of work is not my thing. Me, I can yak and yak and yak, whether you like what I'm saying or not. Uh, but the deal is that it is necessary that as a body, we are not depending on specific people for growth and edification, but we are depending on each other. Therefore, I know there are questions, concerns, issues. Uh, I was going to say questions again, because I know those are, those are the biggest, that we have with regards to working victorious. Because some statements that are used while we are being taught these things are very harsh. For example, you are responsible for the mess you are in right now, right? Some statements, how, okay, let me say some statements are offensive, but when you look at them keenly, you start realizing there is a lot of truth in it. But then even that being said, the question becomes, so how do I move from offense to taking in this truth to making moves, or should I say taking action that results in some semblance of living victorious? So it is necessary that any question you have, this is, this is the time to, to, to raise it. Now, between the three of us and the few other people who will walk in, uh, not actually not between the three of us, between all of us, our, our pursuit is to find answers from scripture at least. And I know there will be some experiences people have gone through that will uh, inform, you know, as examples of what you're trying to explain. So the idea is not also that only Brenda can answer your question about victory over something that you think she's overcome. Among yourselves, you have snippets and, and, and you have seen partially the thing that God is doing in this time. So do not think that if Shanja has a question, you have an answer, but you're sitting there thinking, but I was not told to go to the front. That is the reason why we have mics that go around. So do not be afraid to speak. So I will I will start this off and ask Agi um, for yourself at least. When you hear that statement, you are responsible for the mess you are in. How do you reconcile that for yourself? Being the Christian you say you are, however long you've been a Christian, and that there are some things in your life you deem a mess.
you see you're not you see the influence you are polar so uh back to what i was saying so um it's been a a long learning curve in that sense i've been offended severely for long uh but when i finally began to listen to what was being said and not take it personally as in it's not you are a bad person you are unable to sort yourself out but to listen to it for you're responsible for the mess you're in and instead look at it in terms of okay i'm in this situation what are the things i have done to contribute to where i am what are the things i can change about this situation because i cannot in any in any I don't know the choice of mess but in any mess in any situation there is what I realized I used to think no if someone else has caused it there's nothing that I can do and I realized no you always have is the right word cards to play god is I would say god is fair in that way but it's always there's there's something you can do and now the challenge is to find what you can do Um I'm trying to think of a specific example. Can you give me time? Yes, to think of I am a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Brenda being here. I myself. <laughs> Brenda being here is a mess and she is responsible for being here. <laughs> yeah. Um like it's loud only uh yeah um other messes in my life definitely yes um and one of the things i think those who have attended the ecclesia i i shared once that i, I struggled with um depression for i would say actively like every single day struggle for around 17 years and that leaves you with um scars. leaves you with scars it leaves you with a lot i think my biggest struggle my biggest mess now is self doubt that self doubt that there are things that i was telling a friend that there are things that someone tells me and i pause to wonder is that really me and it it it's hard when it comes to especially the word when when the word is saying something and it's supposed to reflect who you are um but you look at it and you're like but this is not who i am and i think for me that now is my biggest mess that i have gone through something for so long it was my truth quote and quote their truths their lies which were my truths for so long and now i'm being faced by God's word that is telling me these are things that you need to shift and if you've held on to a belief for so long and it has defined who you are how do you just change that how do you drop how do you drop it and then it has defined you so the question of then who am i yes um, so so she's bringing up an issue of image the who am i question is an image question um which as we discussed last week 
if your image of God is erroneous, then your image of yourself is erroneous as well. Uh, but before I get to the image issue, um, Agi mentioned something about, about listening, that she was offended over and over and over, and then when she started listening, she started doing something different. And it is key, that statement sounds, is very easy in passing. When I started listening, I started doing X, Y, Z. But really, listening isn't taking in signals through your ears. Listening is when you hear something and it causes you to do something else. All right? So for until you have begun to act on something you have heard, effectively you have not listened. And you will realize when you tell children, do you listen to what I tell you? You're not saying, do your ears work? You're saying, why don't you do what I tell you to do? All right? In the same manner, listening is not with regards to the word, with regards to reading, with regards to God speaking to you specifically, it's not simply taking in what has come in. It is complete listening when you have started acting on it. Right? And we need then to figure out how to shift from hearers to listeners. I know it says to doers. But the doer part is the end part of listening. How do we shift? And I want someone to to share with regards to their personal experience. It doesn't matter whether you think you're victorious yet or not. You, how, where have you been? How have you dealt with the shift from a hearer to a doer? How have you been able to make an adjustment from... I was told I am victorious, and now I am living victoriously. Anyone? Anybody? So, soon enough, I'll start passing it on as a matter of sequence. Thank you. 
it's more of knowing I can do it, but because I know I can do it, I can do it. I will do it for you. And that has always been, that has always been the main for me. It's now me becoming a master of a student that you can All right, so uh, he was a procrastinator, and the question of what he's doing to sabotage himself woke him up, if I might, if I might say it that way, in summary. So ultimately, whatever, whatever the scenario is, it means the end result must be an action. Because if, if we are, okay, the part of the statement that was said last week was, uh, uh, the question was who is doing the things, who wants to be rich and who is doing the things that will get them there. For the most part, um, we live in this space where we are not doing it, right? Especially believers. And I know of it because I was, I was part of it. We, we have this sense of faith will bring all things, you know? P-U-S-H. Pray until something happens, which is, when you think about it, it's, it's, okay, it's very nice and sounds coy and beautiful, but really something happens when you do something, you know? Really? No, no, no. No, not praying. Do it. For example, if we decide, if we decide to fix this house, nothing is happening for as long as we're just praying. Because someone has to actually come and ah, ah. hold on, H hold on. Pray all you want. A hammer will not lift itself and put a nail into a piece of wood, right? In fact, the thing is, the entire of scripture that has not happened. No, Jesus walked. That is walking. That is actually someone using muscle to do a thing. Eh? That's not prayer. He didn't pray. He, 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 he calmed the storm. Right? You understand? So, and the truth of the matter is, the distinction between, there are very many times, and I like that example that Billy has used, that we assume, I don't know how we do that. We assume it was a prayer. He woke up, caused for the disciples, and calmed the storm. I don't know where the prayer came in. But in our minds, because we've been cultured to think that stuff happens from prayer alone, we automatically insert a verse there. You know the way people usually quote verses, uh -huh, B. So your verse to link Jongezea B, part B. And he prayed and calmed them, the storm. But really he didn't. And interestingly enough that the only most of the prayers that Jesus made publicly, he said things like, I am praying so that they hear. The only other prayer that he made that was like a real prayer was when he was saying, take this cup away from me. Right? The rest was, I am praying so that they may hear. I know these guys are grieving about Lazarus, but it is for their benefit that I am. Do you get? 
he was not out praying for things to happen he prayed pretty much in the morning and then during the day he did stuff right and if we do not translate our spiritual fight if we do not translate the things we are learning and hearing into something that we are going to do then our pursuit for forever whatever success let me use the word success because that is all encompassing for whatever success that we are after then we will we will remain should i say embarrassed and non achieving because we are we have been unable to actualize or at least to even put action into the faith that we claim to have anybody else who would want to add as you're thinking about your questions anyone else would want to add us give us the example of their their move i've thought of an example um so maybe i'll put you and let's see how it goes so there was uh back to this now you actually listen to what is being said instead of only hearing criticism so um i worked for a company let's say we started a company together and um i would feel that my boss would communicate half of what needs to be done and would come back and demand you see i've given you yeah the other half that was not communicated and for the longest time that used to get to me because i can detail you said this i did this you said this i did this you said this i did this and the person just kept demanding more than what was actually communicated or explained uh maybe say Brenda give me your phone and then you think it's just giving you the phone which means give me the phone type in an email call 52000 people and at the end of the day give me a, a check for those 52000 people and beginning to realize that that was what was being communicated so initially I was just thinking but you've not said and and, and when you look at it it looks like it's right because you said this i did this but you're asking for it's the same your master you're unfair you're asking for more than you actually <laughs> you actually put in or you give me or unjust or you you're an, at um what is it called um unfair uh, a harsh master but when i began to listen and realize that you're asking me for this because you realize that i have the capacity and intelligence to think and figure things out and so what you're trying to teach me and train me to do is to figure things out so that when you say i need information on this you want me to go pick it up read decide make decisions present you now with information that you can make a decision on and so when that began to change when i got less and less flack about what I was doing and how I was performing at work when whereas everyone else would think you're doing you're star people but i was failing in the other sense and i felt that i was failing and in fact I was feeling that i shouldn't be in this job because i don't seem to have the capacity for it all i get is complaints 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 but when i listened to now again the question is okay what can i change or what are you really asking you're asking me to exert myself more to be more involved in the information and reading to make decisions or no that that can change another example is uh let's say in my marriage where i would be at the to your your sulking and i'm like no i'm not sulking 
and yes, and you, yes, you say that I'm not sulking or I'm not having a form of attitude. You're the one who's thinking that there's something wrong. All I am is quiet and peaceful and trying to keep my peace. And you're getting in my space and making a big deal about it. But so for the longest time, again, those things where you're thinking, it's, it's you, it's not me. So when I had to stop and take account for, okay, what am I doing? And I began to realize, okay, because I get offended at something you've done and my my tendency is not to confront, then I keep it inside and all it does is fester and fester and fester. And so now because it festers, I either I'm saying I'm trying not to engage. So it's festering and you know what happens to the other person, the other person is thinking, What's wrong with you? I don't want to be around you. And so they leave and you're thinking, What is wrong with you? You're always not wanting to be around me. And so it becomes this vicious cycle because of not dealing with what is it I can do. I can't deal with if you decide to walk away, I can't deal with that. But I can change my attitude. And if you decide to stay around a more uh, honest, engaging, confrontational person who says, let's deal with issues, let's talk about it, then now that could change the situation. It may not guarantee it, but I've done the bit that I can do. Yeah. Be happy. The word guarantee seems to cause uh, Christians very many problems. Um, we want, we have a guarantee. You guys know that, right? Do you know that? Huh? Yes. So the Holy Spirit is a guarantee for things that we've been promised. Right? But there's another guarantee we look for. Is especially one which is very um, which which is deep seated in humanity, and that is a guarantee that I will not have problems. Uh, when you are told you will become or you will make it to a certain point or you will get, in your mind you jump to the end point. So there is a president, there is a pilot, there is a business person. There is a mother, there is a husband, all those things. That, that image, and it is a necessity. It is a necessity of reason, right? However, we have this idea that because God is the one who said you will be, that the path from where you are to there will be like smooth sailing, no drama, uh, no challenge. And that is, I think, one of the things that um, trips us up a lot. Do you agree or not? Am I, am I of course, or does anyone concur with what I am saying? Huh? So, give us an example. Voila. Kindly. Just a simple example. Get back to her. Anybody else? As Paula decides what she's going to tell us. Simple example. No, no 
they give any permission to speak on the bill. I hear a clap, I hear a clap. Um, that, that, that is truth. I agree with you, Brenda, before I go any further.
another example of overcoming your yeah. <laughs> yes so um since I still have four empty seats, I'll be picking people randomly. But by, the, by eight o'clock or whenever we are done, it should be packed. Whoever sees the end of the video should be like, that was a, that was a, that was a full interview. Anyway, um, so yes, anyone else who would want to speak about a challenge where they, they expected smooth sailing? Okay, the thing is, I I know you all have experiences. I'm just asking for someone to contribute. So, 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 so stop looking at me like mm -mm, that's not me. I know you all have gone through that. So, the question: When you have a word from God and you have a promise you're looking forward to, there is this thinking in our minds that because God promised it to you, getting there will not be a problem. There will be no challenge. There will be no offense. There will be no persecution. Everyone in my family will be awesome and excited about it. But that is not the way it happens. So before we get to what, or much of what we do to deal with that, an example of someone who's gone through that, or probably what they did. That is period. She's back. Okay. Proceed. Okay, so Mine, I think, is, 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 is ongoing. It's an ongoing process. So for me, it's going back to school. Because I've been out of school for two, two years. And I'm going back to find guys who are in my class. Okay, you have new buildings everywhere. I can barely remember what is where. So the past two, three weeks, I've been asking for directions on a daily, you know. So, the, yeah, the guys were like, oh, oh my, oh my, come say. Just like, see your life, child. But, I remember, for me, I thought, so I know my way around, I know how to get stuff done, I know who to talk to when I need a favor. And then I get to school, and there are complications from the gate onwards everywhere. I don't I can barely I don't even know what units are I, I have to go department by department going, Sasa, you come a unit Sasa dear. Like no, you know. And so this night I psych myself up. Um I remind myself why why I want to do this, why I am dragging myself out of bed in the morning and making the journey that side. Because, like, today was, was a really long day. Just going to one office, because I went on Monday, they gave me direction, told me, do one, two, three, you'll be fine. And then I went today, and the same person told me, ah, 
but we have to show an idea better, which meant walking across campus to get a letter, and then come back, then give it to someone who goes like, because I had like a line so to go redo the whole thing. So it was just like, I was fine without school. <laughs> I think I'll be fine, you know, but just being able to consistently, I think, remind yourself that this is what I'm up to. This is what we're up to. Because if you don't remember the why, then so just constantly reminding yourself that this is what we're about. Thank you. Thank you, Purity. Um, so that, among other examples of, of challenges, we or just persecution along the road, along the way, we have to figure out how to deal with that. Uh, UDA. You are you are on my panel. It's just that you've come at this point, so just join me kindly. Um, so whatever it is you have, Purity has said that has used a very interesting statement that she thought life was actually awesome without school. Much much as she knows school is a thing she needs to finish, which is the bit about settling for a comfortable alternative, right? Which is one of the easiest paths we want to take when the persecution comes your way. So, uh, I don't know, I'm thinking, had David done the comfortable thing and he had been told he was going to be king, and then the Goliath thing comes up, he's like, yeah, why am I fighting this guy? See, I'm not king anyway. I'm not even in the army. My brothers are the ones in the military, me, I'm not. It's the comfortable path. I don't have to be involved in the fight. And that alternative is always available. It is not, you do not need to, you do not need to look for it like, you know the way you look for help, eh? You do not need to look for help to find an, a comfortable alternative to what God has asked you to do. It is right there with you. Which means, while I was spiritual warfare, the spiritual warfare is right there with you in your head. For as long as you're you're not consistently, should I use the word, reminding yourself and thinking over the word that you've received, you will easily go for the alternative, the comfortable alternative. UD. So we are discussing the... In 2020, we started with a very simple series. I understand it is very easy. Uh, we are discussing about the living the victorious life. And uh, over the last two weeks, I, I hope you've caught up. But over the last two weeks, we've discussed uh, we've discussed redefining truth for ourselves, especially with regards to the things that God has told us, and also basically how our image of ourselves is tied to the, our image of God, uh, which is what we are on about when God asks you to do a thing and you're lost along the way. So I wanted you to, in briefly, not too much detail that you don't want to tell, I know your, your work has taken you far away. And uh, I know it is something you've wanted to do, but I am guessing that far away probably was not in your plan. How did you, or how has it been for you once that journey got going? 
how did you how did you remind yourself and stay on point with regards to doing the thing you know you, you ought to do <laughs> Hello. Uh so for me when I joined uh master class that time I didn't have a job. I'd stayed about 2 years without a job. And I'd, I was just at a point where I was just feeling so hopeless. I and mean, nothing was working out. Um Yeah, I'd just gone through so much. I won't go into too much, but as I began to come here and listen to, you know, what Mark was saying about being proactive, um, there's a girl who used to come and sell cookies. Yeah, and I remember this once that Mark preached, and he was like, "Of oh, you know what? Don't wait until you get the job. Do what you can." and i just had it i was like you know what you can do what this girl is doing you can also bake and you know and it started out just those ones of okay i can do cookies as well and as the thought was just in my head a friend of mine advertised on facebook she was like oh is there anyone who can do cookies for my office and i was like oh, okay this can't be a coincidence so i actually told her i can and she was like oh, what you can cook i never thought that but anyway that's how my business started out it was just one of those things and it grew and uh i you know i love it so much and it got to a point where i was like you know what i really don't need to go back to work because i love this and it's growing and you know i had so many ideas in my head then i was called back to work <laughs> and i was like oh no so what am i going to do do i leave this business do i you know what do i do can i do both of them and i was just like you know what god told me to start this so i'm not going to leave it just cause this other better opportunity has come cause when you're faithful with the little god gives you much more so i was like you know what i'll continue with this cause she cleared me through the tough times and it's actually worked. Okay, there are some times that I have to tell um my clients that I'm not around, but when I'm home, I'm actually very busy. Even right now I've just come from making cookies and ziko hapo. You know, and what I've learned uh, is that you have to be proactive. Whatever you learn, you have to put it into action. Like Also uh there's a time that Mark talked about your attitude you know I used to really hate what I do honestly as in it was I used to get into so much uh beef and there was so much conflict and I realized that maybe the problem is me because I can't go to every company and find something you know the exact same problem <laughs> maybe the problem same scenario <laughs> so i was like you know what now that i'm going back to the same environment maybe i should look at myself look inwards because situations are just going to be the same which is quite the same right now but how i'm looking at it it's 
it's so different. I learned to look at myself first. And these days I'm learning to look for a solution, not be part of the... Because I used to be those guys to fuel the fire, you know? <laughs> and I'm loving what I do right now. Even if I'm not in Nairobi, you know, when you have those dreams, you're like, of, you know, uh, maybe airline, you know, such things. But I'm actually in the bush, and I love it so much. Uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Just sit there. Asante, asante, uh, thank, thank you for that. Um, so, really, what I'm trying to get at is, or should I say, the point is for us to see how what we learn translates in real life. Um, one of the things about hearers who are not doers is that thing that was mentioned: we live in heaven. You live in the realm of where you your word came from. Um, so, if I was told I'm going to be a rally driver, I am a rally driver because I was told, and I carry myself like one, only I don't know how to drive a car yet, which means I never get to that point. So, I never put in the work, the effort, the study, the understanding, I probably don't even know how to change a wheel, but I am walking around like I am a rally driver who is a champion. It does not translate, and we need to consistently find opportunity in fact I want to create the, I want to say it differently we need to create opportunity to action on what we are learning there's a I, I need to find it I didn't find it but there's a there's a scripture I think it was Paul who was talking and saying that you need to test your faith periodically so to speak uh, there's also the mention of Physical exercise is of some use, and people who know me don't like me on that front. But physical exercise, uh, but spiritual exercise is is of more benefit. Is benefits you fully, so to speak. Which means there is some level of testing you're supposed to put yourself through spiritually, so that your growth is happening. If you want to be able to lift 100 kgs, you don't think it until it happens. I mean, think all you want, pray all you want. Who was telling me about praying? Pray all you want, you will never shift that 100 kgs by yourself, right? But if you put yourself into training, into pressure, you will shift 25 today, and eventually you will be able to shift that 100, right? In the same manner, we are in a spiritual context, or should I say, from our as spirit beings, we need to continuously put ourselves at test. We need to find ways of implementing what we are learning. We need to be doers of the truth. The truth being the things you're learning, that consistently whatever you're learning, consistently whatever God is telling you. Now, there's one thing I think we, it will be prudent that we... We, we discuss over um, the mention of the word because it is very easy for especially people who spent a lot of time in Christian circles every time the word is mentioned we simply think the Bible right and the truth of the matter is there is more to it than simply the text of the Bible right 
So the Bible being the guide that tells you do not kill, of course, yes, don't go killing. But there is more to the word. When God tells you you are a businessman, that is the word to you. If we do not learn to hear God's voice for ourselves, then it's like we're already playing one a basketball game without a hand, while everybody else has both hands. Because you're not, you're not re- receiving your word to act upon, not just general word, scriptural, but your word, your very specific word that tells you, and you are required to do, or whatever, whatever God is telling you. If, if you're not in that position to hear for yourself, Christ said, my sheep know my voice. Some of the things that Christ used to say sounded like nice talk, but that statement is very scary. Because if you say you don't hear God's voice, that begs the question, are you his sheep? Right? My son, okay, let me not use myself as an example. I, ha- I know someone who uh, was in the mall, her and I think her children, I don't know whether it's two girls or something. And when you get out of the, get into the parking lot and you're walking towards wherever you parked your car and generally your kids are probably three, four years old, so you're not walking around holding their hands. They are, I don't know, a kilometer behind you. And as she crosses the pathway where the vehicles are passing, she realizes wherever the kids will talk there is a car that's cruising in that direction. And again, the child is a kilometer away. And all she did was call the child by name. And the tone told the child, just stop where you are. My sheep know my voice is a very significant statement because if you cannot identify God's voice for you, then your, your life is hampered. Your, your, you simply find yourself either doing the general things, which is not a bad thing, by the way, don't kill again, but you also find yourself looking for someone else to confirm things for you. You're always depending on another person to tell you, yes, you should, no, you shouldn't. And for as long as it was mentioned recently, for as long as the voice of God is not your guide, deception is, is, is nearby. It is very easy to be deceived if your word is always coming from someone else. All right? So p- pursue to keep your ear tuned to God's voice because it is through God's voice that you will, you will be able to you know, hear for yourself and know what to action upon. Um, have we? As I'm waiting for questions, by the way, eh? we, we agreed this is not supposed to be one-sided. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still waiting for questions. Excellent. Before we proceed, or not, you've just said. Uh, about hearing God's word, voice. Uh, so my question is, supposing you're doing everything to hear God's voice, and then you don't, what? Hmm? That is the point. I 
don't know. Uh, because at the end of the day, how you perceive what the Bible says or tells you to do differs from all of us. Because even those guys in Kuriakos, uh, even me before I came here, there's a certain way I knew. Because that is how I've been taught uh, how to, to reach out to God. Supposing you do all those things because the things that you think you are doing right, and then you don't hear God's word. Is it then your problem? Or what are you supposed to do? hearing God I found that one the ability to reach the point where you accept God I will hear God differently from the other person so the important point becomes this yes we have the written word that is the guideline and that always most of the time if you check if you've been given a word or you've listened to someone long enough, it checks. It checks with maybe the word that you know and the scripture that you know. And that's the one way of checking. Then there's also the fact that with new truth comes a new demand. There's a verse that I never used to like um, that says <laughs> that it, it is for kings yes, clearly. <laughs> It is, it is the glory of God to hide a king and uh, the glory of kings and the glory of kings to seek it out. And just to feel like, but that's unfair. Again, back to the light before the dark, mean God that we tend to see because we want things easy. The person with the because of him I'm thinking of exercise with the washboard up did something to get that result. But we want, because of, I don't know if it's how we've been taught religion, or we've been taught about faith, we think that we shouldn't exert ourselves, that it should come easily. 
that God's word should just be. I know we, for, in fact, for us, we are better off than, like you say, like you know, Elijah, because we have the Holy Spirit who's a guarantee and constantly present with us. So for us, imagine we hear God sometimes probably more than they do. Like even in Abraham, it was like, hey, God came, he visited, and he somehow knew how to know that this is God. So, one, maybe do things differently. Don't put the thing you say, this is what I've been taught you to do. But make it more, my heart is open to you, Lord. Speak. And then, there's also the thing where I realized I would never hear God again before I had, in in something important, not the things like, Speak to that person, and that person looks at me and says, "You must speak a certain manner." But things like I want direction in my life. Until I went back to the last thing that he had said, and it's a thing I've realized that we take for granted. We don't value. A lot of us don't value the word. We get prophecy this year, woohoo! Then next year comes again. We're getting the prophecy, and we took no time to make sure that we had done and completed everything related to the first thing that we had. And so we want him to keep piling on. And at at some point, I think God gets to a point where he's like, you can't proceed to the next step without having checked all these boxes because all these things are necessary. The thing was saying where we hear you'll be president or you'll you'll be a business person. And you don't bother to learn how to balance a checkbook. You don't want to put in the effort to learn what management accounts mean. You don't want to bother to learn simple things that are just basic in terms of business and that sort of thing. So, so, one, believe that he wants to talk to you and wants to speak to you. But be, prepare, be prepared if you plan to read for him to do it in a different way from what you would expect. He says he's a wind. So he moves and moves. You have to catch the wind. And that requires effort, extra effort on your part. We are used to so I should have this result. But now God is saying I'm spirit. And you have to find him and speak to him. But it's the guarantee that you have is that he says you seek and you will find. Uh, Jen, do you have anything to say with regards to hearing God?
Strange. Mm -hmm. But true, yes. You're not hearing it. 
right? And then number three, patterns of the world, which are pretty much how the world operates. The, the, the guiding way of the world needs to cease being your guiding way. So it is very easy. So examples have been used here a lot. When you want money, you think, I need a job. When you, when you want a wife, I don't know, you, th- you go to Tinder, I don't know. Whatever it is that you think. <laughs> Eh? It's been a while. It's been a while. So, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is that your environment has taught you as the way to live life needs to start changing into the way of Christ. And as you progressively do these things, and part of, this is part of what I call spiritual training, because putting yourself in a position to consistently die for the benefit of another is not a small thing because you're naturally looking out for yourself. You go to the to a job or do a business deal to make money, to put in your bank account, to buy stuff for yourself or probably reinvest so that you make more money. But it is not natural, if I might use that word, to do all that so that you're buying Shanja, a pair of shoes, and the next guy paying his bus fare for the next one year. So that predisposes you to an openness of when actually, not when actually God is telling you, God is always telling you that you will actually get to the point where you will hear and respond. Right? Linda? You had an answer for Shanda. We were... We, 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 we want you to answer now that now that you started it. So proceed. We, we are waiting to, 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 eat, to eat from your bounty. I don't have an exact. Brenda, you have anything to yeah? Any, Anybody? Question or something to respond to Shanja? Um, 
you know the Bible says seek his kingdom first and everything else will be added unto you. Um he is found in the word. He himself he is God. And if you want to seek him and to understand him and to know him better, you have to go through the word. And um, it's a two-way thing when with mobile phones or rather the internet, there is that point of uploading and downloading. What we do mostly, <coughs> what most people do is usually uploading, uploading. You know, we, we just want to upload, we just want this information transferred from us to where he is. But we do not take time to download. We are not that patient to download. And that's why um, when you're reading the Bible, there is that part of Rema. Like you now download from him. You listen to what he, he wants to speak to you in as far as that word is concerned. So when you read, um, when you go through the word, find yourself some quiet moment and listen. Try to download. Listen to what he's saying because he will always communicate something to you regarding that word. Is the word. See something positive resulting to it. Maybe, maybe, maybe too hard. Um, the reason why I was asking that question is because sometimes you listen to people talk about hearing God's word, and in most cases, people jump the gun because the experience that you've had uh, listening and hearing God's word is not the same as there are people who have never heard the word of God. So, the reason why I was asking is because. Sometimes the the thing is maybe you've li- you've been hearing God's word, but the thing is you've never understood whether they are your they are your thoughts or God's word. God's word. So that is the thing. So maybe that what I'm most probably would have factored because at what point then do you know that these are not uh, your thoughts? These are God's thoughts. Yeah, I've I've had guys talking about. Uh, doing God's work and how God works and that I know I've heard, I've listened because uh, there's, the other day I was listening to the videos and uh, guys were asking uh, God this year I like your office yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, we asked, uh, we're having a meeting uh, what do you want God to do for you this year. I was listening to people say other cars they want God to build me a house. And then to me um, look I I just want to to get to tomorrow because you have to be specific. I mean you have to ask God for something Something heavy. <laughs> uh, I remember, so I, I, 
So, so I told them, listen, I, I, don't, I don't know so much about the Bible, but, but God doesn't talk that way. And if you're asking for a car that costs four million, you have to suffer the same amount as the, the, the car you're asking. And then guys were saying, no, you don't know how God works. Uh, God is all powerful. He does things this way. Which is, yeah. Maybe you should have come with your colleagues here today. So, uh, for me, I know you're supposed to live in a certain way and probably God's word. But my question is, how then do you get your thoughts from God's word? Yeah. I want someone to try and give, uh, should I say, someone give an answer to Shanja's concern. Uh, you know, even as we cycle back to, to Billy. Put, put your word in Ali. I'm going to read something that I posted the other day, but I'll just read the last line. I don't think the other part is relevant. So it says, you have to find a way to love you even when, you discuss, when you're disgusted with you. And if, it, if there's something that I've come to totally agree with is that love heals everything. And if your love for someone else can heal whatever it is they have, now you believing that God already loves you with whatever it is you're dealing with, imagine adding your own love, you getting to love your own self, what that could do to you. So I don't like to call them struggles to start with because God will not take you through anything without a purpose. There's probably something, it's, and if it's not doing something to you, what if you're an example to someone who's in your life? What if it's supposed to teach someone else something? So I no longer call them struggles. I keep telling people in my life, so if God did not want you in that situation, would you be there? He's allowing things in your life and once you start seeing the things you're calling struggles or problems as things that God is allowing in your life for them to do something then you, when you switch your mindset it, it turns into something else please love you as in at the end of the day just love you I have a counter to what Paula said uh, I have exactly what she has said that God allows things to happen in your life to me it's never that way as in it is it is your choices your actions for example having sex with a lady while she's fertile there's nothing God allows for for impregnation there it's just natural process God allowed that God allowed her to be fertile Another, that's conceptual. Another thing, other another example 
you're drunk, you get into a car, it's inevitable that one time, one place, you'll get in a wreck. So there are actions and reactions. There's, as it's free will. So, so the issues of God allowing stuff, certain stuff and things to happen in your life brings the notion that we are predestined, predestined to do certain things so other people may learn and it's a must they learn. So it's... She has an answer for you before, before we proceed. This is probably, if not the fifth, then maybe the tenth time that we're having a discussion of free will with Billy. And I will repeat again, God is allowing things. Because me think, me, my father has the power and there is a discussion that we had once on the Saturday classes. And it says, for people who watch Marvel, there is Doctor B- Strange. Doctor Strange. So there is uh, <laughs> uh, Nikevo, Amezoya, Nani. Amezoya is a hardball, so the doctor is Kuji. There is before Endgame, there is, I don't remember which one it is, but Doctor Strange had, uh, he controls time for people who, he has the power to control time for people who do not watch the Marvel. So he had seen the end to the world. And because he can control time, he kept going back to the bad guy and taking like an Arudisha time Numa so that the events happen again until this guy will at some point stop destroying the world. So it happened over and over and over and over again until, yeah, world Kasevira. But the example on that class was God sees all that. Okay, so he has 500 scenarios within, we, with him that Betty could have attended this class, had this message, or not. She could have chosen to go home. Or go for coffee, you see, or just do something. But if God intended that... No, ni Billy, what animal is here, Billy? Can I feel it? Can I finish? Can I finish? And then you'll correct me. Is it okay if I finish and then you correct me? I am passing an example that was given. So, Betty, if God was intending that Betty will hear this message, even if it's not here in this class, she will find it somewhere else. So, Alikwasha decided what options did Betty have? Go for coffee, go home and sleep, go visit a friend. You see, but out of all of these things, temporal nexus, whatever God Mwisho, at the end of the day, it happens. So as if to katikati, that is where you get to choose. Do you want to go to class or do you don't want to we don't want to go to class? You don't. God wants you to hear about forgiveness. You will still find it somewhere else. Mole chemistry. 
not sure. No, I was just, I, I'm only sharing a scripture. No, after they can read for themselves. Oh. Isaiah ama Isaiah that one forty six ten. Um some of the lessons I took away from, especially last, I think last year, both from class and from um, what, what we do, oh sorry, the tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and um, you can go look up the lessons, but anyway, what stuck out to me was most was when you focus on the knowledge of good and evil, you rarely do anything significant. You just you get obsessed with being is the right word right or righteous in a way that you've been told this is the only way to be righteous, like your entire life. And I understand where that comes from. Because we don't want to, probably the things we do hurt other people and we don't want to continue to do them. But sometimes you still find yourself in that state where you're continually doing that thing. So during that series, what one of the things that stuck out to me was about now the issue of overcoming. And what I took away was that overcoming, you see the reason we have seen or that sin troubles us so much and what the worst thing I would say that sin does to us is it takes us off the track. We are walking. We've been told that Christ came and he died for all our sins and they're no longer an issue to him. When we go before God, God sees Christ. He does not see Shanja with blah, 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 what he did. He does not see Agnes with blah, 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 what she did. He sees Christ. And that is who he relates to and that is who he talks to. So when we... When we are dealing with sin, or rather when I, what my takeaway, again, you see what I, my takeaway is and what I am doing, let me not, let me not make it for everybody else, is that I've noticed if I focus on the sin, I don't move forward. But if I realize, okay, this is sin, what caused me to do it, the, the, the most things I can do is what caused me to do it. Do I do this because... I feel some type of way. Do I do this as an escape? Do I do this as whichever reasons it is? If I begin to identify that, I'm like, okay, that is why I do that. It doesn't mean that I'm overcoming that thing in two seconds or that sort of thing, but the ability to begin to identify what takes me down that path helps. But aside from that, the greater focus is I'm on a path, I'm walking. Pick myself up, get to what is it God has me doing? Because what sin does to us is, again, I go back to take us off the path. We forget I was going to town. We begin to think, now Harlingham, oh, I must make sure my shirt is good before I get to town and that sort of thing. And 
what God wants you to do is what you tell him. So there's the mission, there's the word, there's the thing that is given to you. So for me, I saw, began to see that overcoming is when I'm like, you see, this is my thing, it's like a bump on the road. I walk over it and I continue walking in the direction that I should be. And the thing is, as God's truth comes, as he makes certain things clear to me, then those things become less and less. And even if we want to bring the devil into that story, he's always tempting me or he's always causing me to see this. When you see, okay, I've done this, but I'm not distracted from what I'm meant to be doing. Because I always look at someone like, like David, and you're like, he accomplished so much in the sense of what he did. God told me to do this, and I did this. We know all his mistakes and stumbling, but it's like, even as he stumbled, he kept moving forward. And that's why, at the end, we call him victorious, and you can see that he had, he was, he was, he, in a sense, completed the task that was given to him. We think our task is to be without sin. Again, Christ took care of that. He already took away our sin. He died for it. Present, past, and future, like we say. So when you encounter it, you realize what you can work out for yourself is what it points to. The issues from whether you want to visit your childhood or whatever that cause you to act that way. Because it's usually something makes you choose to do that. Maybe it comforts you, maybe whatever it is that you choose. But the focus should be, I'm going somewhere. And, okay, putting, putting all these things behind, keep pressing forward. And that's what I'd say. The focus should be, oh, I'm meant to accomplish this. I'm meant to start a business. I'm meant to be designing things. I'm meant to be creating things. Focus on that. Because that is life. Focusing on anything else is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which brings death. So effectively, it's just find action to take upon. And the action not being anti-sin action, action being what does God want me to do. So the scripture says in finding your calling, you will not fall. It's pretty much the same thing. If your calling is paint houses and your difficulty, sin, struggle is, and I'm trying to be random, I don't know, still is. I'm guessing if you're spending more time painting houses, your opportunities for stealing, you know, are reduced. So, so no, the idea is not to replace the action. It's to do, I've just made it as simple as possible, but it's to do the thing that God is asking you to do. You do realize the more you do what God is asking you to do, by necessity, your heart has to change over time. Because God is never asking you to do something that doesn't change you. The end game, okay. the end game for God is a mature son. So even in the project of you're a wall painter, you're a king, you're a whatever, being king and painting walls is not the, is not the point. The point is a mature man. And the, the pursuit of your maturity will as a point of uh, consequence deal with your struggles. You understand? So again, the point is not just simply time that now that you're painting, you don't have them to steal. It's that in your obedience of whatever God is asking you to do, there is a demand on you that grows you and matures you which will eventually get you away from that struggle. And it's not, well, I guess we never get to the point of 100, 
100% no seen when you're alive, but it has been mentioned if you look at the lives of people as David, Paul, and these guys as they progressively matured, the mention of their struggles reduces. You understand? So it's not that you're 100% pure. I don't think you can say that because the same scriptures say if you say you're, you're without sin, you're a liar. But uh, the, the example I like is that David, we, the, David's biggest marker scene that we all know is Bathsheba. But at the end of his life, he's given a chick and he says, no, I don't want. I mean, that's, that's, that's a serious transition. So whatever that struggle is, it's not a Monday, I am struggling with this, Tuesday I'm not. But over time, as you do the thing that you're required to do, as you mature into the sun you're becoming, then the hold of sin over you begins to, or should I say, continues to, to, to fall off. Brenda.
done. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I would say. And I think everyone has said that we will summarize with a verse that says, walk ye by the Spirit. And if you, continue, if you continually walk by the Spirit, then you do not satisfy your flesh. And flesh in Amplified Bible is written, nature without God is not necessarily sin, but when you're without God, then you're living in the flesh. So I think it's the spirit continue, and it's it's continually. Then there are things that will fall off. That we are not concerned whether the the tears and the harvest are growing at the same time. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Brenda. Um, before I add something else that I've just remembered, um, I want to. Get something to add. Uh, uh, so as she before she adds, uh, so uh, uh, time in Ayanda. So two thoughts that I want to, you to mull over as she concludes this, and then we'll jump into that. So last week we discussed Exodus twenty twenty three. You shall not make gods. Okay, so. Exodus 20 verse 4, you shall not make yourself any graven image to worship it or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Do not bow down. You shall not bow down yourself to them or serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. So question, have, the example was given of the karma God that the, uh, there's this general expectation uh, because I am going through a rough time, I must have done something. That was an example of a of a graven image. It was an example of a, an image we have in our minds about who God is. Have you? Okay, I'm basically asking: What are the images that you have carried of God that, in checking with truth, they are proving to be graven? They are proving to be of your own making. And number two, uh, we then jumped to Mark 4, 24. And he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. For to him who has more will more be given, and from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away by force. So the next question I want you to consider is, have you, have you been putting thought and study to your word? If not, do you have challenge on that? Is, is, what's, do you have a struggle with studying and thought to the word? And the word, again, remember, not simply the script of the Bible, but you shall be a pilot, you shall be a dancer, whatever it is that God has told you, you shall die in the wilderness, whatever. Are you having a struggle, or what are the struggles with regards to studying and thinking over this word that it might become flesh? Agi.
no things present and threatening, no things to come, no powers, no height, no depth, no any other created thing will be able to separate us from the unlimited love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sometimes, I think it has been mentioned many times, our missing the mark, as you can call it, or our missteps come from the fact that we don't, that is not true yet to us, that God loves us no matter what. It was just that ability to know I'm loved, like I think when Paula tried to talk about it, to know that I'm loved would cut out a lot of the nonsense sometimes we have in our lives, just realizing I'm loved. I'm loved. It doesn't have to come from you or the, but I am loved by God would help us to realize that because I'm loved, he's taken care of certain things. So let me focus on what he wants. And again, back to what we said, keep on track. Just keep walking. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, <laughs> keep walking. Uh, so, graven images. That one, Paula, does God really love me is, I think, one of them. I mean, generally, we think we have to negotiate for that love, right? Well, I'm not saying we, like all of you, maybe me, maybe I'm, maybe I'm the only one. Um, the, but there's this, there's this general feeling that love is earned. That if you, I mean, the phrase undeserved love is very rare because we think we need to deserve it. We need to earn it. We need to do something to get it. And I think that's a, a graven image that affects like humanity like very easily. So, any other graven image that you... You might be saying something that someone else thinks is good perfectly well. So, can you please help release someone? Graven images that... that that you carry or have carried uh, mungu akona watu wake that uh -huh. there there are specific, specific people who god will choose to do his work then others would see we are just so <laughs> an extension of that one is god speaks through pastors right god why would god talk to me me this random guy who works as a random whatever that's a graven image yeah? god is a provider that's a graven image but i think god is a provider are you asking or are you stating eh? i ex explain There's nothing to explain <laughs> We, we we are a reasoning people eh? no. so hel help us come to where you are wewe sazile unaenda kuambia Mungu akupe shamba 1000 acres alafu asikupe so you saying god god is the magician type of okay yes we get you yes god is not a magician god is not god god is no no god is not santa claus eh? no so, uh, but he has something to say. I'm saying if he wants to be Santa Claus, he can be. I mean, he has the ability, right? Ability to be a thing is not a thing. <laughs> What's the point of having an ability if you don't use it? 
you have an answer to that question no, i feel like his example <laughs> is not right because that's only for something that's grandiose but what about if you just need that fair to you that could be that 1000 acres that he will provide so that so that's why we corrected it from he's not provided is not the word he should have used santa claus is the word uh, he, he's not a genie all right so there's this there's this uh, idea and which which in part is what your colleagues were kind of doing that you have to ask god for a big thing so for him saying i just want to see tomorrow it's like there's no way god is going to answer that which essentially they are saying tomorrow he's not going to be here because he didn't ask for doesn't yeah i mean he doesn't care Eh? Chances are low for bi- for, for Billy. <laughs> eh? Big face. Any other graven image? Eh? Ati? Eh, explain. Oh, vengeance. Okay, yes. Yes, that's the karma god, eh? that's that's for and you know the karma god thing is a very is a very sneaky one eh? Be, because so generally when we hear the word vengeance and i think i've said this before here when certain words are mentioned we separate ourselves very quickly so vengeance me i don't do revenge i don't hate people but really that thing of when you're driving then the matatu guy catches you and in your mind you're like ata unaenda kuchukua na karao pale mbele you know that's it's automatic expectation that his bad deeds to you will be repaid and you are actually saying mungu wangu ala ehe acheni mungu aitwe mungu explain explain i mean uh, I, I, explain explain <laughs> i came to learn that uh, his his love is his love is constant okay there is nothing good you can do to increase that love same case it applies there is nothing bad you can do to decrease that love bill is good to help you Uh, I think what that you can do things then God will be pleased with you and if you do other things God will love for you in decrease. Ah, okay. So so salvation by works uh, which is also a Santa Claus version really be good throughout the year get something. So it goes both ways. If I am if I am good I'll get good stuff. If I am not good get bad stuff. I worked with I worked with someone once who said uh I'm expecting something bad. So I'm like something bad. I like as in I've had like 2 3 months of no drama. I was like what? She, she was like it is a guarantee. I have had no drama for 3 months. Some big yes is coming. I was like that's a, that's that, that's a sucky way to live life. Because now I don't know she's driving carefully she, I can get lift and I can get you know everything 
everything becomes a potential you understand it will work but you see that's not how god no no there are seasons but it's not how god operates god does not operate because you have three months of good luck and one month of bad eh no but it's not a cycle of god it's your own doing right kanaji am i come eh i think one that's being uh, busted lately is that if god has called me to like we say he's called you to be president so whatever i do i'll still become y- yes yeah so but now learning that i have to apply myself and study to become yes so yeah there's a expectation that god's word can't fail right right <laughs> there is the expectation that god's word can't fail right are you sure god's the the word don't fail but I, the the issue is the issue is the doer <laughs> the doer can fail so god's word god's word is is sent for a purpose but if it lands on rocky ground eh aitafanya however there's something ndopotia mic up eh endelea graven image ama share discussing uh-huh. you know about god's word and i was telling her that sometimes even his prophecies can be more dangerous they can do more harm to you than good cause you're thinking it has to happen at the end of but you're not seeing the part that you have the effort that you use at the end of the day for that thing to actually so yes any other graven images kama tuache hapo image expose kutosha binda ask So the consensus <laughs> the, you have an answer Come you have a question a quick one So the the, the consensus for that question is uni project yako but at times god might be wanting to grow you at times it's because of yourself like for example if you're let's say poor at times it's because of how you've been thinking and the actions you've been undertaking so you can so poverty there has a reason because you you did not work on yourself or did not work maybe i should ask this question as you do your homework does anything happen for no reason ah, i didn't ask for an answer Yes swali ni yako mania Jane. Swali ni yako mania Jane. Okay. Hii mic haidu. So for those people for those people who argue everything happens so let's say I'm in the house working and then I hear walking. 
Yeah, working. Okay. In the house. house. Yeah, okay. in the house. And then. Okay. <laughs> that. that <laughs> Wait, that is that is Kevo's truth. Linda, that is Kevo's truth. So I'm working and I hit my pinky too. Mm -hmm. You see? Has it happened because of poor reasons? So I want I want to ask. So Linda. Linda. Another question for your homework. So your first question was, does everything happen for a reason? My second question was, is there anything that happens for no reason? Right? That question I want to ask, which I think is the real question that you're really asking, is, does everything that happens have a reason that you can tie to God? I think that's the real question you want to ask. Fikiria hapo. A quick one, because we have two billies in this room. We have two billies in this room. Billy so, Wawili. I think, I think to answer Linda's question, uh, I'll revert to John to John. While, while Jesus was about to go visit an argument broke out that the disciples he loved most was not going to die. I read through the Bible with Noah where Jesus gave his tongue and said something. But just to tie that to that, Jesus asked them, if I decide that, what is it to me? Oh, Jamaliza. I, I, I thought that was the bomb for... <laughs> so, so, when, so when Jesus says that, I can't realize that that argument actually came up because God wanted these guys to see his supremacy. He's like, you guys, you've seen me come strong and all that. Change water into wine and you still don't get the message. And until today, there's no rule of any study that has been the death of John. So technically, if that guy is alive, Ah, yeah. Moving on to the, as we as we relax as we as we, hold on hold on wait John's victorious life is John's victorious life we are trying to figure out yours and mine Cindyo. So let's let's shift a little bit from the graven images. So and whatever we've said uh, is just a tiny bit because I think each and every one has multiple graven images. We have a thing we have for how does God sort me out? How doesn't He? How does He love? How doesn't He? Culture comes into play. We have ideas about God that is defined by our traditions, our tribes, our professions. All those things affect your image of God. And if seeing God is a factor of truth, then it is necessary that we are always getting into truth so that we are seeing God clearer, which is removing these cobwebs of graven images. So now I want us to shift to... Okay. Um, I think... One of the graven images that we are grappling 
as as Kenyan, most of us, traffic, hunger, uh, ethic is the first instruction when we were told when we went to school was the, the first the first instruction we were told on become MP. Uh, my dear fellow Kenyans, so uh, I think one of the first instructions we are told when you go to school is perform so much well in school and let's be honest, the best life that we're always told is you'll be wealthy. True or false? True. And the next set of info, instruction, the immediate instruction was kuwa number one. Okay? So any moment when we are not number one or when we are not the chosen one, you realize that it hurts Kenyans, even you. There's a sec section of you that hurts you so hard when you didn't come number one. So you realize that that's a graven image. So when God literally gets you out of that game and he tells you, you're not even a player here, you are number one somewhere else, you're like, mm-mm, number one, huku, alafu mimindri number one, huku. Because that's what we are reason. I think that's one of the things that is changed. I agree with that. The other day, uh, no. I was number one, by the way. See my life. I have been, I have, somewhere in my life, I have been graded number one. It doesn't matter where. The issue is see my life. Driving license. Um, so the other day I was doing, I was doing, uh, so when you're, when you're working out and you have a target, and you occasionally do measurements. So I did measurements the other day. And I didn't like the results. And what he's talking about kicked in. And I was pissed with myself. And then I realized, why am I angry with myself? I got injured. I've not been doing as much for one month. It, it wasn't going to work the same way. But because automatically there is a need to be number one, there's a need to, you know, do better always. You know, be the top guy always. Even when you're not competing with anybody else, that thing is is alive in you, right? Um, so we shift to the other the other bit as as we learn this thing: study and giving thought to the word, which is where we need to be focusing on. So number one, of course, do not create for yourself a graven image so that you correct your image. But on the other hand, as you get a word, your study and thought of that word determines how much of it you got anyway, or you will get, and it gets you more. So question is, do we have challenges when it comes to studying and thinking over the word that God has given us? Or as you think about it, let me turn to these guys. What has been your challenge um, whatever example you want to use, in picking out material and making a decision on focusing on learning on the thing you, are, you have been asked to do, or learning on the, or should I say, focusing on the word that you, that you have been given. How do you overcome complacency? How do you step out of a comfortable place into studying and thinking over things that rile you up and put you in an, an uncomfortable zone so that you're receiving more of God.
complacency ni 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 kulenga jana pariti especially now when you come to master class two hours so much has been said so many things have been brought up um but one thing i am i am learning is to pick one thing to apply because sometimes there's so many things that we are told and is this one's there and then something and then something but to really pick one thing and be consistent in that and because i think we said how even the lessons in class kind of it, it builds up on one another so if i am applying myself to one thing with no time i find i'm applying myself to another thing and to another thing and i think also just to um i know we're told to not commiserate that's the word by my commiserate and also learning that there is though we were saying everyone hears differently so i think this year i'm just trying to I have conversations with people in class you know what what did you hear that I heard and I think also learning from other people and how they are applying um makes it easier and you're applying the word that let's continuously start up and encourage one another <laughs> Sorry I do that Um for me I'll talk about I think what I've heard or been told maybe steps I've taken or where I've come from to where I am now regarding the words that I've been told um for the longest time I've said you're so artistic you're so creative you're this you're that and the other and I have waited I have spent years where I'm waiting for this one big deal to happen that someone will just have seen this card somewhere or this other thing somewhere and it will all crystallize into everything it's meant to be and uh still hasn't happened clearly um and getting words like your and even and not when i say just getting words the things there's what there's a scripture in ecclesiastes that talks about how he has placed eternity in our hearts and one of the ways that that scripture i understand that scripture is that you know you always know what it is that you're meant to do if unbelievers find for lack of a better word find the thing they are, they're meant to do that changes the world that brings multiplication that creates a tree that other people can dwell under then it means that it is not impossible to find and it is not god is not so unfair that he's hidden it that you can't find it most of the time it's again those things we say there the principalities our thought patterns in our head that keep us from seeing some of the times the things that is right in front of us so um okay so so now back on that once i realized that i can't keep waiting because i'd, I'd procrastinate or i'd say okay now i'll start doing something every day towards this thing and all oh, life is busy or a mother you are these things and so many things would get in the way 
and you'd always find excuses for why you're not there yet and why opportunity has not been created yet or if I just had this amount of capital I would begin if I just had this thing then I would but I think over the last year one thing that changed was I realized where I am now I have enough I think I looked into my some room in our house and it has these tons of paper that I look at and I'm like I can easily convert this thing just here is a couple of hundred thousand shillings sitting its value is very little but until I put effort into it, then it will begin to translate into those things. And when I began and have continually began to try and learn new things and add to my skills, because I find I have so many interests in different things. Oh, I'm interested in carpentry. I'm interested in this. I'm interested in that. And as I apply myself and learn just one new thing every day, oh, this can be done, and consider this, make something new. I try a new skill that I've learned. I I'm beginning to see a clearer path towards all those things that people say about me. Oh, I see you only in this, 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 in a department store that sells this and artistic stuff. And I've had that so much around my life for so long. And I think right now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm tired of hearing these things. So what can I do about each of these things? And so that's what I'm doing. In carpentry, I think we talked with her, started, I bought tools. Last year, the money I made, I put it into buying tools and setting up something. The, I've always liked to make little pieces of jewelry that I wear for myself. And now what I've begun to do, I think I made some, I've given to some people to sell. And small things like that, but they feel, they seem small. And a lot of the times, um, in somewhat tied to what Bill was saying about hearing God, we want to hear God like somebody else, or we want to go through someone else's process. We don't want to trust that. Okay, all I'm hearing you say is learn something new every day. Fine, let me learn something new. What you're saying is practice what I am learning. Then practice what I'm learning. And that is, I think, what I'd say has become my journey where I'm not going to try and grab a million things, but I'm going to focus on what I've had for today, what I can do now. Okay. This has potential, this has potential. How can I do some of this? How can I do some of that? And how can I get help to do it? Because I, I realized for the longest time, I was the person who would, I got to do this by myself. Yeah. Solo mission. As in, yeah, solo soldier. But realizing that there's a reason, like now in terms of earring, uh, Samita is selling things at fairs, hair products. Hair products and like earrings or jewelry go well together. So let someone else do that. Focus on making it. Someone else is looking for something to do in class. Teach them the skill of making the jewelry and they pick it up and it's fine and they move along and that sort of thing to move forward. Uh -huh. I should have gone first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think for me it's I, I popped the bubble of grandeur you know, where you think God has called you to do this great thing and the nations will shout and, you know. You did, you did. And I'm just learning to do the, the small things. And I've seen just the small really has a big effect. You know, even just giving someone a hug. 
you know, showing them love. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm not really looking at how how big a thing is. You know, sometimes you can think, oh, maybe I should give like 10 million and, you know, it will affect. But maybe giving 100 bob would have more effect than the 10 million. So I'm, I'm just focusing on the little, you know, the little things that I used to think have, you know, have no effect or is too small. You know, and I'm, I'm yeah, I'm loving my, my yes, I'm touching lives by the way, and I'm loving it. Um, I've realized I don't have to do something so huge, you know, to affect a life. Even just, you know, the guy on the street who just needs, you know, food. Just that one person you have affected, you know, you've changed their life for that day. You know, yeah. For me, that's it. Um, so I'm coming to you guys. Last week it was mentioned. For example, that Usain Bolt was a really fast runner before he won his first gold medal. My point. <laughs> so, and that applies to everyone whom you deem great. The swimmers, the politicians. That, that space of greatness didn't happen the day you heard of it. That guy has lived a path towards that and has okay let me say it this way so, something occurred to me we are usually told the phrase if you're a musician be the best musician which in my mind that doesn't compute because that puts me in competition but I realized being the best musician that phrase is not for me versus them it's for me because I am a musician right now a very terrible one. Right? Right? If you ask me to make music, I can. Very terribly. So if I am to be the best musician, then it means I am not focusing on being better than anybody else. I am focusing on being the best musician. Once that changes, this problem we have of God asked me to be a musician and there are 10 others, ceases being a problem. Because when you're asked to do a thing that there are others in that field, it seems, the question begs, what do we need more musicians for? What do we need more pastors for? What do we need more pilots for? You understand? Because there is more. But the goal is for you to be the best musician you're required to be to do whatever you've been asked to do. Um, so you guys, your your study and thought where are your where are you stuck at are you procrastinating I, what what are you not doing small things what is it um i i was thinking about it and then i was putting study to this study and then i i came to realize something everyone who's been called to do this, he looks exactly like not it. Like, for example, you can't tell me that David was really big to a point where he was forgotten outside. So if David was really strong and muscular, some, some, someone that could drop a bear, then I guess that his dad would have put him like the real champion, like, you know, 
But you see, I came to realize that David was so despised to this dad to a point whereby this guy had already accumulated accolades almost to the commander of the army, but the dad would despise him to a point of Mambia Toka Kwasol in the palace. And like really, wow, dad. So I came to realize that despite whatever happens, as, as long as, as it is said about you, it's up to you to find it in you and to practice it. But the problem comes when you realize that it's the most either intimidating or disgusting thing you can put to try and be that what you have been called to do. Like for example, the intimidating part is one, one of the times when God had called people to come and listen to the law, he came in as a smoking mountain. So you can imagine it's like looking at a fire and then there are thunders, like the exact picture that you painted. Guys were so scared, they told Moses, end of his instructions of Afokamu to be a story. You get. And then the next time when the same thing was applied during the day of Pentecost, these guys looked like they were drunk. So, you know, like I'm saying, I can't listen to these guys. So that's the worst. Like you realize that God doesn't come directly to you as the way money will come, but he will come in a way that you don't expect. And then the last of it, I came to realize it's the hardest part to start. Like, even me, myself, trying to go read the things that I was, I'm supposed to be reading, I'm realizing that, one, I realize I'm so busy, or I'm too tired. One, this thing is boring. It's boring, man. like, sissy so much. But the one time I try, you realize that you stay up, like, almost three days, and you're excited to do it. So, is the most is the hardest yet the easiest and the most joyous. So and the lightning they've given it is for the mustard seed. Apparently the mustard seed is so small. I think it's the size of Sim Sim. So but you realize what it comes out to become. So when you want to look at yourself, you as the size of Sim Sim and the story that is being said about you, you'll realize that whatever God has said about you is contrary to what you you're expecting. And the number one thing you have to strike down the image of given of you. And then you can conquer. So I hear intimidation. That when you hear a word that's that's meant for you, intimidation keeps you away from continuous study and thought. Right? I'm an year too. Now you say I've noticed kyonge in bekwa yunishidaake. Issues. Eh? So intimidation is one. And then number two, that just that a comfortable alternative. Uh, you have been like I said, I have been asked to okay, me, that's not a bad example. Speed is my thing. So I've been asked to become a rally driver and I am comfortable driving my small slow car. Which again I say it's a bad example. But yes, the comfortable alternative then becomes a good enough reason to avoid studying. A good enough reason to put aside the word that you've that you've been you've been given. You have a, a reason for why you don't study when God tells you. Um first first the I have the opposite problem. Eh? <laughs> He studies for himself and for you. No. You know, I'm one of those people who gets mad at God when I'm not learning new things. I, I literally feel frustrated. Simululiza. 
my friend i have i have my weaknesses that's that's not one of them no and uh-huh. but but seriously seriously the there's 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 something that one day I'll, I'll i'll hopefully teach but i want to cheat a little bit and bring it from, from the future to now and address what made me come without death it is impossible to believe um without death it is impossible to grow without death it is impossible to metamorphosize when god created you he cocooned you in a flesh with the capacity to change internally then your externals will change mm. when you were born you were a human being yes for sure <laughs> <laughs> but but you were fed and after you were fed you grew and you became a toddler and then a, a, a child then those stages correct now the biggest thing that we don't realize that throughout our lives we have grown because we learned but we grow up and then we stop learning. learning and i don't mean learning education i mean learning who am i because the learning education you are good at because it pays your bills but the learning who am i you stopped because you see when you were a kid you played football and figured out I'm not a good footballer and you tried basketball and you said maybe this is my thing and you tried geography and you did all these things and you finally discovered you correct but when you grow up that journey becomes more internal correct now the problem of that journey becoming internal when you're an adult is you get to a point where you've been a political analyst like I am for x years and that's who you are and then suddenly you discover wait really this is not really what i want to do and then you're frozen in fear because you're afraid of dying okay that's what i want to address faith is on the other side of death let me explain faith to you faith is when you face nebuchadnezzar and you tell nebuchadnezzar whether god saves me or not he is still my god that is faith faith is not nebuchadnezzar god is going to save me i'm telling you he's going that's not faith faith is resurrection faith is even if i die 
I'm still going to get back up. That's faith. But you can only get to that point if you're no longer afraid to die, which means you faced that death and died anyway. How many of you have ever dated? Dated. Okay, for, 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 Betty's, for Betty's sake, how many have ever fornicated? <laughs> Right? Okay, so if you've, if you've ever dated, there is always that thing you can't imagine. Can't imagine the day you left me. I can't imagine she cheated on me. I can't imagine she left me, right? All you're saying is I cannot die, I cannot die, I cannot die. Okay. When you start your business, right? Do you imagine your business would fail? That's exactly what's wrong with you. Yeah. When you start your career, when you start your career, you've just gotten a job, do you imagine you'll get fired? I think I'll quit first. I'll, I'll quit before I'm fired. Because the faith you know is the faith that answers Nebuchadnezzar like this. It will not happen to me. But it's a false gospel. It's a reason why you can't move. Because of necessity for your hand to hold something else, what you're already holding must be let go of. So faith is always beyond the grave. If you really trust God about your marriage, then you'd imagine divorce. You're still if you trust God about your career, you see it end. And you're still okay. But if your career ending changes what you feel about God, then it is not God you believe in. He was a pathway to your career. Keep a mesquillo. Eh? Keep a mesquillo. Listen. Unless you are willing to die, you cannot succeed in the kingdom because Jesus put it like this. Unless a seed, you, falls to the ground and you abide alone. Meaning you are not fruitful. Correct? Because the only way a seed can have many seeds is if it dies. Becomes something else. That is the mystery. The mystery of the seed is not that it grows. It is that you plant a black thing, comes out a green thing. That's the mystery of the seed. The problem with you is instead of dying when you resurrect, you come out a seed still. You've refused to break out of what covered you. Now, why do I say what covered you? Because what keeps you where you are is what covers you. Right? Right? met people who can afford 
but in Jigogo. Nice one. Very beautiful in Jigogo. Still lives next to Kibera. Because Uku mina jua wase. Right? Because Kibera is discovering. Correct? So, <laughs> this person has refused to be buried to die and resurrect anew. And Jesus, Paul says, if any man be in Christ, then he is a new creation. The old is gone. It does not say if any man is born again. Because your imagination of the new creation was I'm born again, I am new. And I shall continue being new. You notice after one year you are now old. Right? But that statement says if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Meaning that yesterday you were new and today you are new because you are continually dying. Do you understand? But the problem is with you that we meet you last year. This year, Madoko. The next year. So, the problem is that you are so afraid of letting go of whatever it is that makes you feel you are you, that you refuse to be the new you. And let me tell you, it is the most uncomfortable feeling. In closing, in closing, in the for half an hour. Let me tell you what happens in the one to answer the new. When God begins to move in a new way in your life, <coughs> the patterns which you had in how you had him or read the Bible change. You know, when you wake up and you say, Lord, you feel so far away, a million miles away, it feels today. And though I haven't lost my faith, I must admit that it's hard for me to pray. Everyone has had that feeling. Let me explain. Let me explain. I was explaining about the name of God last time. <laughs> Listen. The God you worship, okay, whose image you are becoming, must move you so that you if you know Jehovah Rapha, your healer, correct? Rapha is healer, right? What you will continually do is do what? Look for sick people and be sick. And you feel kind of nice when you're sick. Oh, I know you Christians. Because you know when you're about to worship, then you come to write whatever bites you write. That's when you know, oh God, 
because you are used to one name of God. So what does he do? He stops healing you. So that now you can go discover the name called Deliverer. In that moment when God is shifting, when you feel left behind, you're in trouble. So I said, I explained a mystery once, I think it was on Sunday. I'll stop there. I explained a mystery. Adam, who has neither father nor mother, says, because of woman, a man shall leave father and mother, shall be cleaved to his wife, they shall become who was Adam's father? God. Right? Because it's written Adam the son of So Adam will say, for this reason, a man shall live, be united to his wife, and become one, Until you understand that wife was another revelation of God. So I, she was created in his image. I see a rabbit hole. Right? So, what Adam was saying is this. That man must leave the expression of God that he has turned into father and mother. Find a new one. Expression. Be clean to that new expression till you become. And that's your constant journey with God. You cannot hold on to the image of God you knew and sometimes you do not want to die to that image. Sometimes. What takes you through a season? I used to make money this way. But suddenly, you close the season. What do you do? You're over there still trying to make money? If they do not die, they stagnate. And the reason you know they stagnate, if you go to Forbes, 100 different people. How many tongue-talking, demon-chasing Christians are there? Because we don't know God. We don't know God. So, let me help you. Don't look at your heart, the things you're afraid to lose. Cars, education, all of those things. Then do what Romans 12 tells you. Offer your body of a living sacrifice. We explained. You look at your car and you say, if you pray, my God is still God. If you are stolen, my God is still God. Look at your house. Kibera pia kuna nyumba. If you go, my God is still. You look at your wife. 
<laughs> and you say if I go <laughs> no I'm serious that's what is called offering a living sacrifice the term living sacrifice does not make sense you cannot sacrifice that which is alive that means you sacrifice it when it's still present in your life so you stop holding on to it. Then God can use it. Then you can be resurrected. Then you can achieve glory. This thing of holding on to air. It's called Kima Motole. You remember that old old five cent coin? We call a Matole. In the grand scheme of God, what God wants to do with you, what you're holding on to, is like those five cents. So Paul said it like this. See, forgetting that which is past, forgetting, forgetting. I press on to take hold of that which Christ took hold of. The problem is, throughout your adult life, you've been adjusting your views. When I went to university, I was to graduate with first class. I adjust. By the time I was 25, I had a dream I'd own a car by then. Right? Now, the issue is not whether I got the car at 25 or not. But the point is, the point is not the point is you've got to learn to be like Caleb. Caleb was in 180 or 80. No, not 80. He was 80. Getting to the promised land is like, oh, yo. So your niggas are waiting to get yours? Uh-uh. Meanly promise you that hill over there. You don't have to come with me because I will go. Because can you imagine 40 years from now if what God promised You last week. Because you don't want to die. And I know I'm talking to you. I know that's why you hear me. So you stop that nonsense. Can you die? It's, you need, the, the appropriate answer is challenge accepted. Interestingly enough, what, what, you've, what you've said is part of where we began. This pursuit of guarantees that things will be easy, that there shall be no death between where you are and where God told you your, your, your whatever word, in the mountain, Caleb's mountain. So it's, it's, it's I guess the beginning has become the end and it has been solidified. Effectively, to live victoriously, die daily. Apo it's a wrap.